for it to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dobson. And joining us tonight, Kyle, on the other microphone yes. as our guest co-host is my friend and my concert wife, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Suzanne Dillingham. Suzanne, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to get started. You are excited to be here because the topic, the topic for tonight we are, I know that I did a half of a cheap trick episode. We did the cheap Zappa trick, mm-hmm. but I don't think, we, we never really covered it. And everyone knows that cheap trick is my favorite band and I'm going to go see them at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I've seen them more than any other band ever. And cheap trick is also, Suzanne, your favorite band. Yes. It's been my favorite band since 1985. What was the first cheap trick album that you purchased? Standing on the Edge. Standing on the Edge. Now, the first Cheap Trick album I purchased was Cheap Trick at Budokan. I think that's probably for a lot of people, that's the one that they purchased. Because I, uh, I can remember hearing I Want You to Want Me, that live version on the radio. And for a live song to be a hit is pretty impressive. I mean, I think it happened with Peter Frampton and who else had like big live albums that were hits. But... Um, but I remember hearing that. I remember picking up that album, and you know, seeing seeing Rick and uh, not Rick, uh, Tom and Robin on the cover, and then flipping it over and seeing these two doofuses on the back. I was hooked. I mean, Robin and Tom looked amazing, and Rick and Bunny were just nerds, and it felt like there was something in that band for everyone to hook into. The girls could like Robin. If you weren't a good-looking dude, you might think. Oh, you know what? These guys are rock stars, so maybe I could be a rock star. And uh, they just sounded amazing. The songs were amazing. And then from there, I went back and bought, you know, the first three albums. And then soon after, I bought Budokan. Uh, Dream Police was released, and I've been a Cheap Trick fan since then. Uh, the day of release, I'm right there. I buy the album day of release every single time since then for however many years it's been. Thirty five whatever. And so you jumped in with standing on the edge. Yeah. That was the, that was the first, it's not the first song I heard Mm -hmm. and my brother had Budokan. So I'm sure that I heard it then, but I, I, I don't remember being, you know, sucked in by that one. Right. Um, but it's tonight. It's you, you know, it's you is an amazing song. Yeah. And I was 14 and perfect. Yeah. And then you, you go to, see to get the album yeah and done you know so you were 14 in 1985 i was 21 in 1985 so that makes me carry the one with the sin seven years older than you yes right yeah all right so now you and i um a little backstory on suzanne suzanne knows a lot of stand-up comedians because way way back in the day you were a waitress at at the Broad Ripple Comedy, Broad Ripple Club, Comedy Club, Club in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis, and that's where how you know Jimmy Pardo and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of. That's how we have a lot of mutual friends because they they knew you. Yes, 
And, um, you know, when you're at a club for a week, um, you get to know the staff. And I'm not talking about, it's not, you know, a lot of people go, you sleep with the waitresses. Well, it's not, it was not always about that. Well, for me, it was never about that. I never slept with one waitress. Damn it. Stupid. <laughs> but, um, but no, you'd hang out. You'd hang out and you'd hang out after the shows and they would clean up and you'd drink and just have fun. It was just a fun, fun time back then at the clubs. Is that the, those are the memories you have? Yeah. I, I loved that job. And then, mm-hmm. um, the owners of, at that time, they also had a tavern mm-hmm. in downtown Indianapolis. So most of the time, because there were two, what was com- that tavern called? they, they had two comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was the old point tavern. I banged every waitress there at the old point. Well, then you <laughs> banged some comedy club waitresses <laughs> because everybody no, who worked, worked there at one pretty place, much, worked at yeah. the other place. So, um, and everybody would always meet up mm-hmm. there after the, the comedy right. clubs, were, the shows were over. Right. So, But I didn't know you from back in the day. You and I met here in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, you moved here in what year? I think it was 90... I think 96 or 96. 97. And I moved here in 95. And then you were working at uh, a talent agency that handled comedians. You were working at, right? Yes. I um, working at Omnipop. Yeah, Jimmy actually That's got Jim, me that job. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Pardo got you that well, he job. Didn't, he, he told me that they were looking for somebody. Okay. And so he basically put me in contact with them and put in a good word for me. So. And then how long did you work there? I worked for them for... Four years. Four years. I think so. Yeah. Four and then, af- then after that, is that when you decided to become a nurse? Yes. Red. I just kind of got. Are you registered? <laughs> I am registered. Okay. You just kind of got sick. You kind of got sick of the entertainment business. I did. I. I just kind of. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't really gonna climb the ladder. Yeah. You know. In in an agency, and I didn't mm. really want to do go that route. So right. my sister talked me into. Going into nursing, and and do you love your sister or get hate out, her? Get out of nursing ever since. But now to come full circle, you're you're you have one foot in nursing right now, mm-hmm. but you also have one foot back in the entertainment yes. business because you are. Is it called tour manager? Yeah, I mean, I've been called a road manager, road manager production manager, and personal mm-hmm. assistant, um, tour manager, which For, is, I prefer because it's it kind of encompasses more of what I do. And do you mind, can we say who the person is? Cause someone pretty famous in the YouTube community. Yeah. Can you say, do you yeah, want to say? She's already put me in some of the videos, like okay. just for split seconds. And who is it? Drives me crazy. Uh, I work for Colleen Ballinger Evans. We would know her better as Miranda sings. Miranda sings. Mm-hmm. And so you're out there, you're on a bus tour <laughs> busing around. Yeah. Do you ever lie in that bunk and think uh, that Rick's in the bunk next to me and, and Bunny's up top and Robin's in the back? Do you ever think of that? Oh, my God. Or do you think that I'm in this bunk and Robin's in this bunk? I Robin <laughs> could have been in that bunk. Who knows? Um, I Actually, the driver, our, our tour bus driver, yeah. um, has driven cheap trick but he won't he won't tell me anything why won't he tell you any stories <laughs> with his secrets Maybe because he's and... lying yeah is he lying who do you like yeah i drove him <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, yeah that's a good i don't band. have any stories i don't know he he's he's been around for a long time i think doing you know driving tour buses so right. how many miles I, do you I think he's that. driven oh, in his yeah. life i i can't even <laughs> imagine i can't <laughs> uh so suzanne you and i 
we share this love of Cheap Trick. We go see them whenever we can. You moved out of uh, L.A., so you're a little bit further away, but we've, we've, uh, we've met for shows, and, go, and you come down here. You're staying with us right now, staying yes. at my house. You're my concert wife. That's what my wife, Pilar, has called you. She's coined that phrase. And uh, I'm trying to think. I think the first time we saw Cheap Trick is, was in 98. Uh, Cheap Trick at Budokan, the complete concert came out, and they played a show at the Roxy. And then after that show, by the way, at that show, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley were in the VIP area of that show. The Roxy's really tiny. Kyle, if you can find out what the capacity of the Roxy is, because it's really tiny. And uh, Kyle, you're also a Cheap Trick fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then after the show. 500. 500 people. Then they call, then they call the police. And then they, <laughs> and the, fire, the fire marshal comes in. And well, if Gene Simmons starts breathing fire, they got to call the fire marshal. Or they call the firehouse. That's, that's right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. One time we saw a cheap trick. And they was playing surrender. And Gene decided he was going to do some flamethrowing. <laughs> so anyway, after the show then, we walk down the street to Tower Records where the entire band does a signing. You're looking, you're no, giving me I a blank. No, I remember this. Yes. I don't remember it being after the show. but Yes, it was like, it was like at midnight at Tower Records. And the oh whole band God. was there. It was amazing. I remember being there. I remember you and I were that, here, and I think I think it was. I think it was Pardo, Jimmy and pa- Mike Preston. Mike Preston, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, when Tower Records was open, it really was like a really great, cool place to go to. I used to love it. That was the first time I had ever like seen them like that close yeah. outside of a concert, and I didn't. I didn't want to go mm-hmm. I, because I didn't want. I, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you don't want to meet people. Yeah. But how was it? gods, you know? And how and then, was it? Oh, they were great. Then I... Didn't I, really talk to them. <laughs> uh, then they did... The Cheap Trick did the album shows where they would, uh, they would go to a venue and stay there for three nights. And the first night they would play the debut album and then they would play In Color and then they would play uh, Heaven Tonight. And you and I also saw the uh, debut album show together at the House of Blues. Mm-hmm. And this show was about a week after Pilar and I got married. We got married in September of 98. So this was probably either in September or early October. And Suzanne and I are at this show together. And a bunch of uh, Pilar's friends happened to be at that show together. And they saw Suzanne and I together. And I remember Pilar and I met just a few years earlier than that. So they didn't know me that well. I mean, they've only known me for two years, but still. But they gave me the skunk eye and then saw you and they go, uh, hey, Pat, where's Pilar? And I was like, oh, she's at the house. You know, this is my friend Suzanne. She, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. So, uh, and then I think Pilar probably told them, yeah, that's just Pat's concert wife. Yeah, there's, and then there's times where Pilar would drop us off. And drop then us pick off. Pick us up pick us after up. the show. Yeah. Thanks, what, Mom. What, what, if she, what if she said to them, what if she was like, yeah, Pat and I have a thing, an agreement. An agreement. <laughs> but she meant it as, well, he goes to concerts yeah. and I go, but they took it as like, oh. Oh. Uh, so, and then we, where else have we seen them together? I, I'm, I'm trying to think of all the times we've seen them because we've seen them at least 10 times together easily. Oh yeah. We saw the dream police show at the Greek theater. Mm-hmm. That was when I've never gotten autographs at the Greek theater, but this night we waited, we just waited. There's no place to wait there. So you just kind of wait, uh, where the, where the buses and cars drive out of. And so we just, we waited there. 
and one by one, they were each in a van. They were each in a separate van. And when their vans came out, they stopped because they saw we had albums. And they opened up the van, and they signed stuff. And then when Robin's van came, <laughs> he jumped out. He jumped out. And you have a picture of you and Robin. I do from that night. My eyes are crazy in that picture. Yeah, because I was in love. so excited. You're in love. And they signed everything. And and that was when Dax was in the band. Bunny wasn't with him. Dax and I and I. I got Dax to sign the Dream Police album. He's like, I don't sign the albums because I didn't play on them. And I'm like, just put the date and then we'll know that it was when I saw the Dream Police 2011. show. 2011. And he said, okay. Uh, we also, so many times, we've seen him so many times. Where else have we seen well, him? Well, we saw him in, we saw him at Temecula or yeah, we something saw him like Temecula. that. We saw, him, we saw him with Pat Benatar up in Santa Barbara. Yep. We saw them at the Avalon when they were on the special one tour. I don't. Yeah, we yeah, saw them at the 2003, 2004. Yep. I've seen them uh, on the Tonight Show when they played with the latest. Pardo invited me over, and uh, there was a, a technical audio glitch during the actual taping of the show. So when the show was over, Cheap Trick came back out and sang their song again, just for like ten of us, because they had to refilm it. Uh, I saw them at the um, the Craig Ferguson show. I've seen them a ton of times. And you and I know we've seen them 10 times together. Yeah. Easily. Easily. So it's our favorite band. You're the only person I can really talk, you know, get excited with about Cheap Trick. And my wife's been there. She came to uh, the Vegas show when they played Sgt. Pepper because she loves the Beatles. And they did an amazing show. I saw that show too. Yeah. But we didn't see that together. No, we didn't. I had to go alone. So tonight's uh, topic is we're going to run through all these uh, Cheap Trick Studio albums, and we're going to play... One song at a time. One song at a time. We're going to play <laughs> our to bottom. favorite song from each album. <laughs> we're not going to do Budokan. We're not going to do any of the live albums. Uh, there is one EP in there that we'll, we're going to touch. And um, what do you like about Cheap? Why do you like them? Tell me what you like about them. I don't even know how to answer that question. I, I just love every time a Cheap Trick song comes mm -hmm. on, I am happy instantly. I love every almost every one of their songs. Um, <laughs> I know the song you don't like. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, I just, they're just so much fun. And they're straight up rock and roll, which it is, is my preferred roll. genre. I, yeah. I, I just like a nice straight yeah. rock and roll band. They're not metal. They're not, they're not punk. They're not new wave. It's just, and I don't think they've really ever strayed yeah. from. I mean, some people call them a power pop band, but they're and maybe they, just they are say a little that bit because that because they've played huge venues yeah. in back in the day. But that doesn't mean you're. Yep, I love a four piece band. I love bands like I love where there's just bass, drums, guitar, and maybe the singer will play acoustic once in a while. I love that format. I love Queen, U two, The Who. I just like that four man type of a thing. And, um, and they, they, uh, to be honest, every, as many times as I, as I've seen them, I've only seen them be bad one time. And I don't know if it was the audio or if they were having a bad night or what it was, but it was the night we saw them at the Avalon. I just didn't think they were that, uh, they, I think cake opened up. Now this is all coming back yeah. to me. And they just, uh, they just, something was just a little off that night, but I mean, a cheap trick off night is still 
an eight yeah. out of ten. I agree. So, and Robin's voice, he's never stopped using the instrument, so he still sounds great. I've never walked out of one of their shows wishing that I hadn't been there. Right. You and I saw Robin Z- the Robin Zander oh, Band. Love the Robin Zander yeah. Band. You and I, we saw them on December 30th at the Canyon Club. We mm-hmm. saw them with uh, the 40-year-old boy, Mike Schmidt. See, all the times we've seen him is coming back. Uh, but anyway, we're going to start with um, the debut album came out in February 1977, produced by Jack Douglas, who had had great success with the first, uh, with uh, Rocks and Toys in the Attic by Aerosmith. Uh, this is an amazing debut album. It might be their one of their hardest rocking albums. It really is a hard rocking album. Uh, the album, the stickers on the album were labeled Side A and Side 1. The new CDs that have come out have Side 1. The album starts with Hello Kitties. But when I first bought this album... And when you bought the cassette, this is how I always tell, the cassette was side A. That was the first one that was rewound and ready to play. And then when the first pressing of the CD came out, side A was first. So for me, Hot Love kicks off the album, not L.O. Kitties. But I'm just just talking out of my ass right now. (laughs) But uh, do you want to go first and play a song off the self-titled Cheap Trick debut album, or do you want me to go first? I want you to go first. Okay. In my preferred order of Hot Love being the first song, I am going to play song 10, which is Oh Candy. Let's hear it, Kyle. Now, for me, that song has every band member showcased front and center. Guitars front and center. The drums are amazing. The bass is really right there in your face. And Robin Zander's voice sounds amazing. It always sounds amazing. And uh, I love Oh Candy. I love every song on this album. If I'm going to go with the Jeff Tate way to measure the album, the Cheap Trick debut album is a 10 out of 10. 10 songs. Everyone is good. I agree. Now, when, so it doesn't matter what you play. It's going to be a great song. So what's going on? What do you got? I, I went with Mandicello. And Mandicello, there's actually a Mandicello on this song. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm wondering how they came up with the title, however. Can you put it in a 240? Yep. That's what she said. <laughs> um. Oh, I thought you were going to ramp it up a little bit, but that's okay. Well, she'll ready? talk after. I can hear you thinking You're a million thoughts away Listen to that bass. I'm a million 
so I good. I mean that voice. It is so phenomenal. And let me tell you something right now, if you go to Amazon right now, you can buy that first CD remastered with bonus tracks for $5 and 13 cents. You are not going to, you are not going to spend a better $5 and 13 cents. And the bonus tracks that they threw on this thing, the studio version of lookout, uh, an unreleased song called I dig go, go girls, a song called love and money. The original version of I want you to want me, which is a, a, a rockin' version of it what are you looking at me you're looking at me for something what do you got nothing did you have that queued up also did did she have that queued up too um does she have i want you to want me from the debut album uh, not from the debut album oh okay all right (laughs) should we move on to the second album (laughs) you look like you were up to something no i just you and i saw them play that whole entire album front to back you swear that I went to a second show of those three shows at the were, House of Blues, I and I swear I can't one. remember. I thought you went to the Heaven one. Tonight show. Maybe I did. All right, so that album, the album we just played, came out in February 1977. And hey, guess what comes out in September 1977? A few months later, an album called In Color. This is produced by Tom Worman. Tom Warman strips them a little bit of that rocking edge that they had on the debut album. And he kind of makes them a little more, this is a, this is a poppy album, even though it has some, some heavy songs. It, it, it's a little bit poppier. Don't you think? Am I right or wrong? Yes. But this was also one that I couldn't just pick one song. This is tough. It's tough. I, I have, I can't, I know. This is, uh, it's my turn, so I don't Go know what you picked, but let me tell you what well, I picked. I'm hoping you picked one of mine, so. What's funny, I didn't, I didn't realize this till right now. The first, I played Oh Candy from the first album, and from In Color, I'm playing Oh Caroline on Rock Solid. This album cover makes me feel like a teeny bopper girl who needs to hang a pinup poster of some sexy guys on my wall. This picture of them on the choppers, uh, Robin and Tom, and Tom has that amazing head of black curly hair, and they look so badass. And then you flip it over, and you see Bunny and Rick in a black and white photo (laughs) on a couple of mopeds. Like... They really had an image. They really had an image thing going. I mean, the way Kiss had wore makeup and stuff, cheap trick back then. They were working some angle here. Yeah, and uh, they had their characters. Their characters, but um, I, I can't wait to hear what you pick because this. It was very hard to pick one song from uh, from these from these, especially these first four or five albums. 
and because I've played Cheap Trick so much in the show, I wanted to try to play songs that I hadn't played before. Well, I went through all of the rock solid episodes what? before to see which Cheap Trick songs were played. Ridiculous. See, I had a whole method here. Yeah. See, one, which I don't, I don't want to give too much away yeah. for you, but I didn't want to pick any covers. No. I didn't want to pick any songs that weren't written by them. Right. At least the majority of it. And yeah. um, there's not that many that. And aren't. I didn't want to replay any songs that had already been played Good idea. on other episodes. That said, um, also these these first five or six studio albums, uh, most of the songs are written solely by Rick Nielsen. There's there's one or two on each album where he where Tom or Robin gets a co-write, but um, for the most part, Rick Nielsen had a lot of amazing songs built up in his veins. I mean, you know, I, you'd have to go to like someone like a Rick Ocasek who writes all the car songs, you know, for someone who had such a run of just writing these songs by himself. It's, it's amazing. I don't know how anybody does it. I don't know how anyone does it either. Especially with this kind of a, a library. I mean, it's I know. huge. But here's why I have two songs. Okay. I did put I Want You to Want Me because so nobody knows the studio version and it's so good it and is so, so good. different from the live version. It really is. But I didn't want that necessarily to be my song, but I think you should still play it at, if you can put it in at 225. That's what she said. You'll hear every time. It's amazing. It's funny since I since I had Budokan first when I first put uh, the needle down on in color and I heard the studio version of I Want You Don't Want Me I was expecting to hear a studio version of my favorite live song but and when I heard this I liked it just as much because it's so different but I love it yeah I mean I don't want to say I don't like the live version but I heard it so many times mm -hmm. yeah and when I hear this I. I get really excited because right. it's almost like a new song because you you never hear it. Yeah, in concert, when we see them in concert, we could give an F about I Want You to Want Me. Correct. They just sometimes just, I wish they would open with it. Just get it. Get it out of the you way. You can tell they, they're just even like, we know we got to play it. I mean, Surrender, now that's a different story. I never get sick of Surrender. I love Surrender. But I Want yeah, You to Want Me... There's like five that they have to play every night. Yes, and and, and there again, I'll it's sit. Great. Through, I'll sit through sure. every minute of it. Absolutely. But if, I, if they didn't play them, if they didn't play, I want you to want me. I'd be fine. Yeah. Okay, so you have another one off this album. Yeah, the one that I, one of my favorite songs okay. is um, is Downed. Oh, that's such. A and great you can song. just hit that at the start. Put it in about one inch high. I mean. <laughs> So much going on there with the instruments. I just, so much atmosphere. It's a voice.
so amazing. That's the most amazing voice. That's. Uh, let me tell you something now. If you go to if you go to Amazon right now, <laughs> you can purchase in color, remastered with bonus tracks, for five dollars and twenty one cents. How People, much did we pay for that? Too much. Yeah. Not too much, but more. Uh, but that just, I mean, unbelievable. Both of those albums came out in the same year. I wish music was like that now. You know what I mean? I wish my favorite bands would release two albums a year. So it's going to, we're jumping now to, do you have a favorite Cheap Trick album or you want to wait till we come to it? Or don't you? You can't pick a favorite. I, I really can't pick a favorite. Okay. All right. It stresses me out that you would even ask such thing. All right. <laughs> so In Color came out in September 1977. And then not that long, it's not even a year until the third album comes out. We're in May of 1978. Again, they work with Tom Worman and the album is called Heaven Tonight. And this is my favorite Cheap Trick album. If I have to pick a favorite Cheap Trick album, Heaven Tonight is the album. And um, the song that I'm going to play for you from Heaven Tonight is a song called Stiff Competition. By the way, before we move on, I forgot to tell you if we're using the uh, Jeff Tate measurement, uh, in color is a 10 out of 10. It's a 10 out of 10. There's two 10 out of 10 so far. We're on the third album right now. Uh, so many great songs on, on Heaven Tonight. I can't wait to hear what you want to play. You know, I went kind of... <laughs> What'd you do? Well, I, I, I chose Alf Peterson, And I know that that That's seems kind of... That like, closes well, out. That closes everybody out knows side that one, song, or maybe they don't. They, they the band ends the show a lot of times without Vitor Zane. I know. I love this song because how can you make a song about suicide kick ass? They like talk that. about suicide a lot in the. They I mean, do, and I love every one of the songs that they have. Well, Oh Candy, like Oh Candy, that I played was about suicide. Um, down, downed. It's either yeah, that or suicide, suicide. Mm -hmm. and now you're playing another one. All right cry for help <laughs> Tom Peterson plays a 12 string bass when most people are holding down one string he's holding down three
I, I, this album I love so much. Surrender on top of the world, California man, high roller on the radio, taking me back. How are you? I just the whole thing is amazing. Ten out of ten. It's a ten. This is a ten out of ten. Jeff Tate. I'm scale. Jeff Tate in this one. It is a ten out of ten. Now this is this really pains me. This really pains me to tell you this. If you go to Amazon right now, <laughs> Heaven Tonight remastered with bonus tracks. Ho- hold on, you're not going to believe it. Four dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> wow. So if uh, if they went to our website and they clicked the Amazon banner at the top and, and went go through in there and then searched and you could buy all of those first three Cheap Trick albums, so that would be less than than a regular album now. Yes. 20, less yes. than twenty dollars. Yes. You can get the whole collection. And you guys are going to get twenty cents. Don't buy one song yeah. for a dollar twenty nine when you can get the whole album for mm-hmm. four fifty. Right. Is that auto rip? It's not auto rip. Mm-hmm. But look, if you don't want a CD, when it comes to your house, load it in your iTunes and. Give it to someone. If you've waited this long, you can wait another two days. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. If you've waited this long, you can wait another yeah, who, two days. Who in two days is going to go, bah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, uh, much, like, uh, much like Kiss, their first three albums did not sell that well. And then Kiss, of La- Kiss Alive came out. Basically, the first three Kiss albums live on Kiss Alive, and that album goes through the roof. Cheap Trick gets its big break when after Heaven Tonight, Cheap Trick at Budokan comes out. But it's actually only released in Japan. It's a Japanese import. But people are hearing this, I don't know how, and they're going to their record stores and they're special ordering it. And Epic takes notice of this, that, hey, you know, a lot of American record stores are stocking this this, uh, Japanese import. So they eventually do release it uh, in the States and it gives us their first hit single. I want you to want me. And, um, you know, we're not going to play that because, or are we? We're not. Oh, I don't know. No, 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 Cause no. we're just doing the studio albums. All right. So we're going to move on to dream police. Dream police was, I think recorded and ready to go, but they had to hold it back because Budokan was taking off. So, they couldn't. They didn't release it for a while, but then it eventually comes out in September of 1979. Uh, this is the first album where the whole band is on the cover. This album, I remember this album cover so vividly because it was a gatefold. Uh, inside, it, there was a there was a lineup. It had uh, Cheap Trick where the guys looking at the lineup, and then they're also in the lineup, and then they're also the Dream Police. And the front covers, they're the dream police and the back cover, they're bad guys. And it has the lyrics and had like, this was, this was a dream in 1979 to pick up an album and have all these pictures to look at. Yeah. And you then can the, stare at it for hours. It's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I love the Rick Nielsen has a chainsaw on the front as one of the dream police. There's a mannequin sawed in half for no reason. It's just, it's the best. It is so great. I have this album autographed and it, I love it. I have information on at Budokan and why it was so popular in Let the me United States. Do it. So uh, it was, you know, as you said, only available in Japan, but they made a promotional album okay. called From Tokyo to You. Okay. And that that was sent to record companies and that got a lot of strong airplay. And uh, an estimated 30,000 import copies were sold in the United States. So that's why. They, that's a lot. That is, that's a ton. That's Especially crazy. for an import to and, be and, ordering. And back then it probably, I mean... It probably costs like $15. I mean, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like 
much money, but you know, for an import album mm-hmm. back then, I mean, that's you know, it'd be th- about thirty, probably thirty-five dollars now. Yeah. So yeah. Kyle, how much would that have been in 19... 19- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Cheap Trick at Budokan is available on Amazon.com <laughs> for five fucking bucks. You could buy three copies for what it would have cost you back then. Yeah, five fucking bucks. <laughs> well, seven if you count for inflation. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dream Police. It's got nine songs. It's got a song that clocks in at nine minutes and 20 seconds called Gonna Raise Hell. It's got a song that clocks in at seven and a half minutes called Need Your Love. It's got a song called... I Know What I Want, that's sung by Tom Peterson. It's also the first album that produces some videos for Cheap Trick. Dream Police, Voices, and is it Writing on the Wall or is it Way of the World? I think it's Way of the World. Might be the other video. Um, is, is, no, I don't think I've ever seen the Dream Police video. Is it like what the cover looks like or is it completely different? Uh, no, it's... it's, it's, it's um, it's like that. They're and then it goes into performance piece. I think okay. they all have like a couple of lines. I think Tom Peters says something, something like, uh, "I didn't do it, but if they said I did it, maybe I did do it. I don't know. I did. You know, it's just all. Oh, I see. It's before they, they knew if how they to make videos. They played that right. So, okay. Before the the Dream Police show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Suzanne, I'm going to go first, and oh, the song don't. that I picked from this album is "The House Is Rocking with Domestic Problems." Four ninety nine on Amazon. <laughs> so it's almost making me laugh and cry at the same time. You can get this amazing music. I'm not getting any would, kickback of this unless you go yeah. through the portal. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? I mean you're 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 paying the same price. We're just, you know, getting a little money from Amazon. We sound like a telephone. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you for you know, if you buy a hundred if you pledge a hundred dollars now, you might be able to, you know, save save cheap tricks. <laughs> Save Bunny's Carlos back. I do not pull this album out and listen to it much. But when I hear any song from it, I love it. Because I think back in 1979, I played this album so much. Because it was the first brand new Cheap Trick studio studio album that I had ever purchased. Because I came in on Budokan. I bought the first three. So when this came out, this was like, this was brand new music for me. You know what I mean? This is brand new for everyone. And I was just so excited. I love this album so much. I listened to every single album in the last in 24 hours. For this? <laughs> well, yeah. Start to finish? <laughs> Almost start to finish. On some of them, I, I skipped a couple of yeah. songs that I knew that I wouldn't some of the picking, crappy, Some of the crappy ones. No, there's no crappy ones, but there's some... There's a couple. You know, there's covers, so I knew I was going right. to pick those. Right. This song is the biggest surprise for even me. All right. Because I when I was listening to this mm. album, then I was listening to it straight through. And I didn't, I don't think I realized 
how incredible this song is. And normally I don't go for anything that's over, you know, four and a half minutes. Okay. So what is it? But I did pick Gonna Raise Hell. Oh my God, it's so great. And I have three spots that I need to. That's okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one's at 2.15. Okay. Now, uh, do you want to say how long this song is? It's like nine minutes. This is nine minutes and 20 seconds. But I, it doesn't matter that it's that yeah. long. It yeah. doesn't feel that long. And there's so many different parts to there's it. So That's many why layers. I needed... It's like a couple songs. Yeah. Three fifty-five. Three fifty-five. Okay. Let's see what happens here. Yeah. They're just it just changes. Okay. Is it- Okay. Like that really does sound like hell. Yeah, it's great. What happens next? This is this is this That's is what's nine great. minutes with yeah. so many different elements yeah. that it doesn't get boring. No, it in doesn't the get boring at all. Minutes. And this is a this is an album track. This is a true album track because this isn't going to get airplay anywhere. You have to find this when you listen to it within the context of the whole album. And it is it's a phenomenal song. It's it's maybe my favorite long song ever. I, I so would good. Agree with that. I really, I was so surprised that I even picked it, but once I started listening mm-hmm. to it and then I couldn't, I was like, oh, you have to hear this part and then you have to hear this yeah. part. Like I couldn't not put that one in. This album was also produced by Tom Warman. That was the uh, third one in a row that he produced. And um, I think it sounds amazing. I just love Dream Police. Dream Police, they live inside of my head. They come to me in my bed. Yeah. Why didn't I play? We, why don't we play the Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Do you know that the famous part? Yeah, find that. We'll play that. <laughs> Damone. We're gonna move before the next album comes out. There was um, Epic was releasing something. Uh, they were releasing ten inch 
discs, EPs. It was a short-lived series called New Disc, N-U-D-I-S-K series. And Cheap Trick was on uh, the New Disc uh, line of uh, things. Mm-hmm. You got it for us? Can you honestly tell me that you forgot? Forgot the magnetism of Robin Zander or the charisma of Rick Nielsen? That's kid stuff. Kid stuff? How about the tunes? I want you to want me. The dream police. Your mama's all right. Your dad is all right. But just seem a little bit weird. Surrender. Can I talk to you for a sec? That's so great. (laughs) That is so great. Um, So anyway, before, uh, between Dream Police and their next full on studio album, they released something called Found All the Parts. It's uh, a couple of outtakes, a couple of live tracks. What we've learned now is uh, one of the live tracks, Day Tripper, really isn't live. They recorded it in the studio and they looped in the audience so to make it seem like it was a live track. But uh, it's got four songs and then at the time it came with a, a double-sided 45 for a song called Everything Works If You Let It, which was from the Roadie soundtrack. So this was just a cool little thing between albums. And I really think it's, I think it's, I love all four songs on this. Dream Police, by the way, 10 out of 10. Um, This uh, EP, 10 out of 10. And I'm going to play one of the studio tracks that I love this song so much. This is called Such a Good Girl. These songs were all produced by Jack Douglas because most of them were early outtakes, I think, from uh, the first album sessions. So what song did you see? There's only four I songs. I picked the same song. You picked the same song? Yeah. It's a great song. It is a great song. I mean, if that, one, if that song was on the first album, it just would make that an 11. <laughs> would it be 11 out of 10? Okay, let's move on to the next full studio album. This comes out, and it's produced by George Martin from Be- the Beatles of the Beatles fame, George Martin producer. Cheap Trick, uh, their biggest influence, the Beatles. So to be working with George Martin, their heads were probably going to explode. Right? Oh, I'm sure. And um, this album for me is a 9 out of 10. <laughs> what's your getting, problem what's your problem with this album eye. talk to you in a minute is, about it. I, yeah i, I, I have a feeling i know where you're yeah i will tell you this is the first time i saw cheap trick uh live was on this tour they played eight of these songs live i saw them twice on this tour i saw them at the johnstown well first i saw did i see them at pittsburgh I saw them at the pittsburgh civic arena and ufo opened holy crap was my head was going to explode. It was 
unbelievable. The people sitting in front of us snorted cocaine. I was like, what is going on? Mike Siegel in front of you? No. I was, uh, I was 16 years old. It was nuts. Then they came back through Pennsylvania. They came to the Johnstown War Memorial. Uh, it was festival floor. And my friends and I got in and we were right at the stage. Me and John Gallagher and Jim Schultz, we were right at the stage. Crocus opened up. It was amazing. I wish I could actually go back and remember it as vividly as as I would wish I could. You know what I mean? Because we were right there. Like Robinson, they were right there in the heyday. Crazy. Robin Zander wore that green suit. Unbelievable. But... um, all Shook Up is, is a, it's a pretty cool album. I don't know how to describe it other than I think it's a really cool album. It's a little bit different sounding, definitely from Heaven Tonight or Dream Police. And uh, the song that I want to hear is the opening track called Stop This Game. touchy touchy thing and then he hits that note this is um that's the song they opened with on this tour uh it's such a great tour they had there's a song on this album called high priest of rhythmic noise and when they sang that song sang that song on this tour a giant eyeball came down from the top of the stage and like a laser shot it was (laughs) nuts it was like the most staging i've ever seen cheap trick have i mean they were headlining big 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 uh arenas at that point it was pretty amazing i remember hearing that song on the radio when i was a kid but i didn't know who it was and then cut to 85 when i all of a sudden now i have to have everything Uh that they've and i got that album i remember hearing it and going oh my god that was to me that was even better yeah that now this new band that is my new favorite band sing that song that i couldn't for the life of me figure out because you can't just you know, you right. couldn't just Google the name of a no. song and find out who it was. Absolutely not. What song did you pick? Um, I had two of them just in case, okay. but um, I'm going to go with the one. Uh, this song, from the first note, I will be on my feet just dancing like a lunatic. Is this track two? This is, I don't, I don't know what track it no, is. Oh, that's okay. It's, um, here. What song is it? You don't want to say? Is it a secret? You know, just listen to it. Okay. Second song on the album. 
I'll turn into Jeff Tate and just let it go. Um, this is weird. It doesn't sound like a George Martin album. You know what I mean? The only Beatlesque sounding song on this for me is World's Greatest Lover. Mm-hmm. Sounds very much John Lennon-ish. But I love all the songs on here. It's a short album, too. It's only 33 minutes long. That song you just played is just two minutes and five seconds long. But I love Baby Loves to Rock. Can't stop it, but I'm going to try. High Priest of Yeah, so what's your problem noise. with this album? I, my problem with it is the, the last track, two minutes and 18 seconds. It's a song Who called Who the King. And that, I mean, in concert, they played that in concert. Then they brought out two smaller drum sets, and it was Bunny Carlos's drum choir, and they passed out Bunny Carlos masks, and people had them on, like mm-hmm. just paper plate masks of Bunny Carlos. And live, it was a pretty fun tune, but as an album song, I just feel that it's just a throwaway. If they would have included um, Everything Works If You Let It, also produced by George Martin from these same sessions, onto this album instead of Who'd the King, like Who'd the King seems like a B-side to me. So this album gets a 9 out of 10 for me. I don't mind Who'd the King. So you're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Jeff Tate this one at a 10 out of 10. It? You're yeah. going to tater tot it? I am. Also, when they toured with this album, Tom had left the band. I think he wanted to be a solo artist. I think he was having a drug problem. They replaced Tom with a guy named Pete Kamita, who was looked very similar to Tom. One of those things, that if you didn't know Tom was gone, you wouldn't necessarily know because he had long, you know, curly, long black hair, and he played his bass like it was a guitar. He didn't even play it like a bass. He like he was amazing. You didn't get to see Pete Kamita. You've seen clips online, though. There's a Navy Pier show from 81. I, have a, I probably have a VHS of yes, that. Yes, you probably do. <laughs> uh, but he only stuck around for that tour, and I think he recorded a couple soundtrack songs with him. Then I think he wanted to be a lead guitarist, was what I always heard. And so um, that wasn't going to happen. They have a lead guitarist. So, uh, so they moved on without uh, Tom Peterson, and he's replaced with a guy named John Brandt. I think it's just a bass player that they knew from Rockford. And uh, they record an album, comes out in 82. So now this is the first like long period between albums. It's like a year and a half, which nowadays is nothing. But back then it was like, where's the cheap trick, man? And the album is uh, One on One. And this album's produced by Roy Thomas Baker. Oh, before I continue, I just want to tell you, All Shook Up can be purchased on Amazon. The bonus tracks on All Shook Up are the EP Plus, everything works if you let it. That's $5.99. I'm sorry, $5.89. I just knocked a dime off of it. Anyway, back to Cheap Trick School. Does this feel like Cheap Trick School to you, Kyle? Oh, I'm going to call this episode Cheap Trick School. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm going to call it, Cheap Trick School. I'm not going right. to call it Cheap Trick because Cheap Trick's not on the show. Yeah. I'm going to call it Cheap Trick School. Okay, so this is produced by Roy Thomas Baker. I was a little disappointed with the production of this album. Because Roy Thomas Baker produced Journey's Infinity and Journey's Evolution. He produced the first four Cars albums. He produced Foreigner... No, he didn't produce Foreigner 4. He produced uh, 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 Head Games, which is one of my favorite Foreigner albums. He produced all the so many of the classic Queen songs, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I just felt that he didn't bring those skills to this album one-on-one. I love this album, but it's a very noisy album. You know what I mean? When I, re- when I picked up the album and I read that Roy Thomas Baker produced this, my head started to spin because I'm like, 
again, I always say, queen, journey, foreigner, cars. This is going to be... That was going to have like that slick, smooth some, Something like slick sound. and smooth. And so let's listen to the song I picked. I picked the title track. Uh, it's called One on One. Doesn't it just sound like everything's together? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's hear the chorus and then we'll talk. Yeah, like when you when you listen to the cars or something, you could pick out every instrument, yeah. but it's still cohesive. But right. it's like the, you know, each thing is crystal clear and yeah. it's not that it's not loud or, right. you know, whatever, but like, yeah, this, this does sound f- fuzzy. It almost sounds like it might've been, you know, like someone who was like their first producing game, yeah, yeah, which yeah. you probably would have given it more of a pass like if you and listen, liked it more yeah. than if, than like what your expectation The production was. on this compared to the production on those three clips mm-hmm. from uh, Gonna Raise Hell, there's a, there's a distinct difference and, and I, I just felt like I, I do like this. I like this album a lot. It's got it's got two big songs for Cheap Trick on here. If you want my love and she's tight, those are great sounds. Those sound and those great songs and those sounds and those songs both sound great. But then so much of this album sounds like that song I just played. Which did I you love. think those were? They knew those were going to be the singles, so they kind of. Made them maybe, sound maybe, more or maybe, radio friendly, or, or, or maybe those were the two sounds that songs that sounded the best. And so yeah, they that's pulled true. Them. What uh, what do you do you do you agree or disagree with what know. I'm saying? I don't know these. You know, I don't know anything the about the producer, and I. This is cheap trick school, baby. I, I'm schooling you. I just I know, but when I got when I get the album, I just put it on and I just take it in, and I'm also, you know, I love the singer. <laughs> he can't just he can sing anything and he looks amazing on this cover too he, the, the yes. cover of this album he looks I, amazing I like how they so, kind of cover up John Brandt too it's almost like a <laughs> sneaky thing like uh, hey look Tom got a haircut that's not really Tom but, uh, but I don't I don't really have that I see what you're saying yeah but like, it doesn't bother me at all on I'm, this actually, album. I'm anxious to hear what song you're going to play because then we'll see if you picked one that has the good production or the one that has this you know this song is one of my favorite songs and it's the same thing it's the same kind of thing as just got back the from the first note i will be out of my chair and i will start dancing it is not she's tight okay You know, I don't mind 
that style production on this yeah, yeah. song because this yeah. song kind of sounds like everyone's in like a really small room and they're like a Just bunch of people in around. there. Yeah. Like it sounds like a party. It kind of has like that anthem feel. It yes. kind of has like a runaways it's vibe. So simple, simple lyrics. Yeah. Simple song, but it works. It rocks. Yeah. 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 This, uh, this album on uh, Amazon, this CD is uh, forty four ninety nine because it's out of print. <laughs> so that's forty four ninety nine. Well, but look, you, look, can, you saved you so get, much money earlier on. You can get all the other albums for less than that album. <laughs> right. Uh, this song, but She's Tight is in my top five Cheap Trick songs. They don't play it every time, but when they do play it, I am so psyched when they play uh, She's Tight. What I will say also about, uh, there's so many bands like a Van Halen where they go on tour and depending on what singer they are, they don't play certain songs or this guy won't do that song that guy won't do this song. Tom Peterson plays all these songs that he didn't play on the studio versions and he's having a great time with it and he, you know, so there's, you know what I mean? So if you go see Cheap Trick, don't think that Tom or the band doesn't play these 80 songs because they do play these. But um, I Want You is the lead track. Uh, Ooh La La is great. Looking Out for Number One is great. Time is Running is great. I, I really like this album. I give this album a, I give this album a 9 out of 10 also. I, it only dock at a point because I think the production could have been better by George Martin. Not George Martin, but <laughs> Thomas Baker. So confused tonight. Okay. What do you give it, Tate? 10 out of 10. <laughs> give it the Tate. Give it the Tate. All right. Uh, we're moving on, Kyle. We're moving on to an album that came out. How much time elapsed between these two? I think just like uh, about a year and a half again. This one came out the following year. It came out in August of 1983. And um, this is produced by Todd Rundgren. Again, were you a Todd? I know you're a Todd Rundgren fan, fan now. Were you then? No. So again, I don't think I was even a cheap trick fan yet. When oh, okay. I picked it, that's right. You weren't. <laughs> when I picked this album up and I flipped it over again, I remember going, I remember I rode my bike to the mall. How far is it from, to the mall, Kyle, from where we live to the mall? Um, it's probably about five, six, seven miles, maybe yeah. at the most. And then, but to buy an album and then transport an album, I think I had Get, I had a bag or a backpack or something. I think it was banging against the, the, the you know, the wheel yeah. or the whatever. It, 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 it's not easy. An, it would, it's not it easy. this way. It wouldn't be an easy bike ride to get there because of the way the roads are situated. Yeah, uh, out in, out in, uh, in uh, western Pennsylvania. And I remember I, I, I called. Did you get this album in? Because I knew the release date. I don't know how I knew the release date back in 83. And they're like, oh, no, no, yeah, we have one copy. Can you hold it for me? No. I'm like, oh, God. So I drive, no one around, no one, family's not home, no one's there to drive me in, so I... And the I, whole time you're probably panicking. Yeah, I'm panicking. Like you're, you're like, like oh, they're going to Someone's going to sell it. <laughs> Buy it. And I, I, I get in there and there it is. It's when I find it and uh, I love the cover. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be like a takeoff on the uh, Bruce Springsteen's Born, in the, uh, Born to Run cover with, uh, where Bruce is on the front and then uh, Clarence is kind of on the back. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, and the album's called Next Position, Please. It's got the Uncle Dick guitar on the mm -hmm. front, which is a guitar that looks like Rick at the time. I don't know that's Uncle Dick. I just think it's a guitar that looks like Rick Nielsen. Mm -hmm. But I flipped this thing over. I see Todd Rundgren produced it. And even back then, I knew that he produced Bad Out of Hell. And I, I just knew, you know, of Todd Rundgren. So I was very excited to put this thing on. And this album came out. It had 12 songs were on the LP. 
the cassette, because there were not CDs yet, the cassette had 14 songs, had two extra songs. Then when the CD came out, that also had 14 songs. But then, since then, it's been released as the official authorized version, and it has 16 songs on it. So there's a lot of cheap trick on this album. And this has my favorite, my number one favorite cheap trick song of all time is on here. It's written by Robin Zander, and it's called I Can't Take It. I'm not going to play that because I've played it so many times. So I am going to play the title track called Next Position, Please. I like how he rolls his uh, does uh, how he rolls his R there. That is so. I love it. Uh, there's one song on here that uh, Todd Rundgren did not produce, and it's uh, "Dancing the Night Away." He it's it's a cover song, and he just he refused. He goes, "That song's awful, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna produce that song." Does it sound awful though, or is it? Um, it definitely sounds different than yeah. the rest of the album. It's like okay. dancing the night away, and that's what the song that they were that the label was pushing as a I single. See. When in fact, so, they, there were many songs on here that could be could have been singles. So, so the the label was pushing for them to record that so they could release it as a single. And yeah. Yeah. you think Rungren said no, thinking that they wouldn't maybe push it, maybe. but then he was just like, yeah. Uh, there's a Todd Rundgren song that Todd wrote for them on this uh, album called Heaven's Falling. I love it. Uh, I love so many. There's so many things on this album. There's so much of this album. I mean, 16 songs is is a ton. So, uh, Suzanne, I'm anxious to hear. I again. know I had two on pick? this one, but what do you got? Well, I had Borderline. It's amazing. It is, and I love any song that's about packing up your shit and just taking yeah. off. So why don't we hear some of it? Okay. We'll hear both of yours. See, now, unlike one-on-one, -on -one, this is a very stripped-down production. I also love a song that stops even for a split second and starts again. That still makes it into the set list once in a while. Yeah, and I love it when it does. Oh, when it does, you're like, whoa, Borderline, yeah. they're playing Borderline. That's I what I say. I grab whoever's next to me and go, like it's that. Borderline. <laughs> in that voice. That's usually me. Um, the other one that I picked was Don't Make Our Love a Crime. Just because I love that messy beginning. And that's when he says, good fucking song, man. Yeah, and I love just the screaming voice in it at the end. All right, let's hear it. This was the bo this was a bonus track on the cassette. This is one of the bonus tracks. 
Good fucking song, man. That's so signature guitar. album was recorded in December of 1982. I think they recorded like a song a day. I think Todd Rundgren would go, okay, let's do it. We're going to do it. going to record a song today. And it did, they were just hunkered down in his studio and they think they lived there for the time that they recorded this album. Uh, this is, um, this one, I always go, I go to this one a lot. I, I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10 because there, there are a couple oddball things on here that might, you know, like if someone said, what about next position, please? I'd go, I love it, but I don't know that you'll like all of it. But the songs that are great are really, really, really great. I listen to this. One. I wore this one out. Yeah, I wear. I listen to this a lot too. Yeah. But you know what I mean. How I couldn't. You know, I, I wouldn't. You know, when there's I, a heaven tonight yeah, and dream I, police, this and all, even all shook up. I wouldn't throw this at you first. But it's great. It's great. I give it a nine. What do you give it? I, I want to Jeff Tate it, but I can't. It is a nine. It is a nine. There yeah. You go. All right. But it's a nine, but you get 16 songs. If you pair yeah. that down to 10 songs, it might be a 10. Oh, for sure. All right, cool. Uh, we're going to move on to Suzanne's um, first album. Mm-hmm. This is where she discovered Cheap Trick. They worked again with producer Jack Douglas, who produced the debut album. I don't know what Jack was doing recreationally at this point in his career because this album to me is all over (laughs) this album is all over the place this is not tonight it's you is was such a good lead single and i love the video but the album does not hold up to the promise of tonight it's you in my opinion but um the first song I'm going to play, oh, I, I keep forgetting to say, I saw, I saw them on the one-on-one tour. They opened for Kansas, and then I left after Cheap Trick because Kansas was not good. And then it was Kansas with John, Ele- with, it was with John Elefante. It was when they had the new lead singer. And he's not good to look at, right? He's the Elefante man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you're singing out of his trunk. <laughs> Uh, I did see Cheap Trick uh, when they toured with uh, Standing on the Edge. I saw them at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. They opened for Heart. It's fucking great. Okay, so the song I'm going to play from this album is uh, it's a very overproduced. Uh, this album came out in 1985. This is very overproduced. It's a ballad on the album, and it's called Love Comes, and I really like this song.
So that's that's big '80s ballady production. But I really do like that song. I think in the hands of another producer, it would have could have been a hit. Hi, sorry, Cheap Trick School. I know, uh, but this has some clunkers on it, man. This oh. she's got <laughs> this mo- got questionable lyrics man, on some of these songs. She's got motion is not good. Uh, how about you? Is not good. Rock all night is a piece of crap. I like how about you? How about you? No, I give this literally. I give this album. It has ten songs. I think I like seven. I give it like a seven out of ten. And I didn't even let you play your song yet. This this album has the song you don't like, right? This is the one song you don't like. Little sister. No, I like Little Sister. I think those lyrics are sketch. Little Sister is, is a just, creepy. Yeah, it's totally she's creepy. So, but I like. She's so song. hot. She's on fire. Ooh, Ooh little, little sister. sister. It's not right. Fills me up with desire. Ooh, little sister. Sun goes down. She gets up. I don't think I can get enough, little sister. Now I tried to tell Suzanne at one point that if she thinks that it's uh if it's a fraternity and this is a little sister in, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that a term yeah. they use? Then it's, then it's cool. Or sorority, I guess. Yes. Would be. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's creepy. It is. I, you know, I, I can't defend these lyrics, but yeah. And but, but that's, song, your, that's your least favorite song or no, no we no, haven't come oh, your least oh, favorite. No. Okay. So what's your favorite song in this? What song do you like on this? I, you know what? This is where I broke my own rule because I, I just want to play tonight. It's you because that was okay. the one song that got me. Hooked yeah. on cheap tricks. All right, and it's a, it's it's an amazing song. This is the only song that still that they'll still play. None of these other songs get any play in this album. Okay. I know. You want to hear the chorus, don't you? The, um, and the label at this point, all the goodwill that Cheap Trick built up, even 101, one-on-one was a pretty big hit for them. That album did pretty well. But then these next two albums, the record company's kind of not really doing much promotion, not really, not really pushing them on radio or anything. So, But I understand, too, this album is not great. Cheap trick message. I don't remember boards. it that way, though. That's because this was your because first Because it was my first one. Yeah. But look, looking, like, at the time, did you love everything on this album? With the exception of maybe Little Sister. I didn't, I didn't not like Little Sister. I don't know mm. where you're coming up with that one. I mean, you just thought it was creepy. 
Yeah, once you actually listen to the lyrics. Yeah. But if you if you go into that song, put that album on and hit with that song, the music of it yeah. pulls yeah. you right in. Yeah. So you just listen to that song, you'll love it. Then all of a sudden, oh, let me sit down and read it's these like lyrics. Baby, it's and, oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Baby, it's cold outside. But by outside. then, I already like the song, so I don't, you know, you just put that out of yeah. your mind. You don't sing along. Also, Rick Nielsen's name is spelled wrong on the back of this album. It's spe- Rick Nelson. Is it? All, is that on yeah. purpose? That almost seems like something you would do no, on purpose. No, it's, it's a mistake. Have they corrected it, like, in re-releases well, and yeah, stuff? Well, this album has only been re-released, I think, uh, Japanese uh, import. Mm. So, what are you going to do? Rick Nelson. Uh, now, here we go. Every band has one. This is probably the Jump the Shark album. The cover is a goddamn fucking mess. If you took if you took the doctor off of the cover, uh-huh. that would be a pretty cool cover. So the the doctor's off there, and we just have that swirl with the name Cheap Trick and the name the doctor. Yeah, that might be because I mean that's kind of what Special One is similar to. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. I mean, a special one's way better. But special one, though, is supposed to, when we get to that one, it's supposed to, what was that art you, that like paint a, art? Uh, Spirograph, spin art or something? Spin art or something. But, but this is... Um, I mean, that would be a cool cover. If that were an In Living Color cover, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who produced this, his name's Tony Platt. He mixed Standing on the Edge, and so they just threw him a bone to produce <laughs> The Doctor. I really don't know what what they were thinking with this album it's really it's crazy keyboard heavy it's got manipulator <laughs> which i don't know what that's about i think it's about oral sex but i don't know it's it's got a big i don't know but i remember when it came out and i bought it i was in college and i played it and i i thought it was amazing i'm like this is amazing what they're doing this is what they're doing now this is my band and this is what they do now and you can fucking suck it but um I do like some of the songs on it, and the, the opening track I really dig. It does not sound like Cheap Trick, but let's listen to It's Up To You. Some people are very hard to shake awake. Some things are hard to define. It's all crazy. It's just. For me, I think a lot of these songs, if they were recorded by the band that I know, known as Cheap Trick, <laughs> they'd be good songs. This is like, I don't know what. But it, I like that song. That's, yeah, I that's like, one I, like I use for, the, for workouts. Yeah, I like that song. I like, um, I like Are You Lonely Tonight? I like Take Me to the Top. I like It's Only Love. Uh, I don't mind Kiss Me Red. You know, good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere. Awful. Manipulator, <laughs> fucking awful. Romance in the rearview mirror is not that good. 
row, 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 row. I mean, what are you going to play? I have that on there. I had two. I had that and take me to the top because I thought you would pick that one. Let's hear. So I took. So I had romance in the rearview mirror only because I think it's fun. Okay, well let's hear both of those then. You don't have to listen to both. I'm sorry. It's rearview mirror romance. You'll hear both of them. You brought them. You paired. What is this? This is bullshit. No, if Sammy Hagar recorded this song, you'd love it. Thank you. Well, yeah, because Sam, Sammy's a little crazy. This just doesn't sound like Chicken to me. When's the song start? Right now. What could be better? I just think it's fun. That's not good, Suzanne. Are they like recording it, it down the tunnel? I, the that's whole, I, to me, the whole album is like that. Do you know yeah. the, the whole album is? You know, when Jimmy Fallon, when they when the like whole that. band plays with uh, children's instruments, <laughs> that's what this album sounds like. <laughs> What's your other one? Because you picked. I, uh, I had "Take Me to the Top." Take Me as to the well. Top is a good song. So let's but listen to that. I think you have to put it like at thirty-five just to get it. Okay. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> It's okay. This is rough for me. This is a tough. This is. There is this, nothing wrong with that song. Nothing. No, it's okay. It's but, not okay. But that band, the band that just sang that song, is not the band that sang well, "Heaven Tonight." Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't sound like Cheap Trick that much. No. They, I mean, it has hints of it. Yeah. Um, and I think the the biggest thing is that I don't think it holds up. Not at I think all. At the time, everyone else was doing that, so you kind of thought like, "Oh, you, yeah." And they probably thought too, like, "Oh, this is what we have to do." Yeah, everyone has that big '80s production, but yeah, it does not work on this at all. It's too, che- it's cheesy. Yeah, it would be. I would love them to revisit these songs, maybe even acoustically. I think that would be pretty cool. The single on this was "It's Only Love," and that's a great song. It was the first video to uh, have sign language in the corner of the screen. It's a, actually a, uh, a guy dressed in, in surgeon's garb, the doctor. Mm. And, um, but yeah, I, I just, um, it's rough. I think all cheap trick fans will ag- agree that this is the, this is the thorn. <laughs> the weird thing is mighty wings was cut during the demo sessions of this. Yeah. And that song's great. That song's, I like mighty wings and that's cheesy sounding too, but I like it. All right, so something needs to change here. Something <laughs> needs to change or Cheap Trick. I think this is one of those ones where Cheap Trick's been given their walking papers if they can't get something going. And so I remember I was living at the time, it was after college. Um, I was living in uh, Laurel, Maryland with my aunt. It's one of the most depressing eight months of my life. 
I was working a uh, third shift at a UPS. I wanted to do stand-up. They had clubs in Baltimore, but I was working third shift, so I couldn't really get to the clubs. It was it was really a mess. I was just like, when I think of it right now, it really makes you feel like, ugh, I can't believe I did that. But, although, although Nana says, oh, Pat loved it down there. No, I did not love it down there. <laughs> But then uh, April 12th, 1988, this album Lap of Luxury was released. I remember I was watching MTV at my aunt's house. And they said, coming up next, we got a new Cheap Trick song. And in my head, I thought to myself, I think Tom is going to be back. And the first shot of the video is basically the album cover of Lap of Luxury. Him and Tom walk onto the screen and it was one of those, did you ever hear those things like, oh, I think this is going to happen and it just happens. It's not a big thing. It's yeah. not winning the lottery. It's not predicting someone's death or anything like that, but it's just little things. And I had it with this and I was like, oh my fucking God, Tom Peterson is back in Cheap Trick. Uh, and the video was their first number one song, The Flame. And um, this album, I love this album. It's, uh, it still has big 80s production. They work with a lot of outside writers because the record company told them they had to. Let me see. It's got one, two, three, four. It's got four songs that they didn't write anything on. It's got an Elvis Presley cover of Don't Be Cruel, which was fun, and it went to number five, but, you do know. You, is, do you think they did that because of... Um Ain't that a shame? And, and those types of maybe kind of like a maybe more of a drum sound maybe. that were. But I do like awesome. the opening track of this album, uh, co-written by Rick Nielsen, is called uh, "Let's Go," and uh, I like this song a lot. So let's hear a little bit of "Let's Go." Produced by friend of the show, Richie Zito, produced this album. And uh, yeah, I like uh, I like this album a lot. I played this album a lot. I still pull this out and play it. Again, it's got that big 80s production that Hart was using and all the bands. I mean, he, he, look, another You Got Another Thing Coming by Judas Priest is not what Judas Priest, you know, used to sound like or sounds like now. That was like their big 80s thing. You know what I mean? So what song do you like on here? I like them all, but um, I chose There's, Never Had a Lot to Lose. And they still play that in concert. Let's hear it. There's a video for this.
And just so you know, the record company was pushing this hard because there were four videos off of this album. Uh, Never Had a Lot to Lose, Ghost Town, The Flame, and Don't Be Cruel. So uh, this was this was a big, big, big comeback album. If there's a comeback album in Cheap Tricks catalog, this is the comeback album. It's not The Doctor? No. Uh, there is a song. I give this a 9 out of 10 because there is a song. I, don't, I actually give it an 8 out of 10 because Don't Be Cruel is not great. But the song, I do not like this song at all. I will skip it when it comes on. I hate it. It's the song, All We Need Is A Dream. I do not like it. Why? Because it sucks. <laughs> that one has the most writers on this album. It has Nielsen Zander and then this and Greg. Greg Jafria. Yeah. From the band Jafria. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't ever hear that. Oh I God. don't care for that album. I mean that song. So I give the I give a lot, even though I love it, I give it an eight out of ten. If I'm being honest. All right. We're moving on. Uh Busted. Also produced by Richie Zito. They're basically trying to to have a lap of luxury too, pretty much. They're keeping it's the same sounding. You know what I mean? But I think, I really think Busted is a much better album than Lap of Luxury. What I do like, you think? I like Busted better. Yeah, Busted is better. And Busted didn't do dick. It didn't do dick. Is that because they didn't push it as hard? Did they not like have four videos maybe? Uh, and, or there wasn't a song that was like The Flame? I heard that whatever the Michael Jackson album that came out then it might have been might have been bad mm-hmm. uh they pulled all their promotions and threw it onto bad that's what i heard that's the story i'm sticking with but uh richie zito produces this again it produces it again um it's got great songs it's got 11 tracks um it's got uh, i think how many videos can't stop falling into love if you need me and wherever would I be? There were three videos, but just didn't, I don't know why it didn't do anything, but I saw them play a college up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, they did an album signing in um, Downers Grove that I went to. Uh, I saw them open for Heart at the Rosemont Horizon on this busted tour. And uh, I love this album. So again, I'm going to go with the opening track. This is a song, I saw them play it once or twice live. And uh, but they never they don't play it anymore. But I really love it. I don't even know what it means. I don't know what it's about. It's uh, back in blue.
I remember I, uh, I subscribed to Entertainment Weekly at the time, and I picked it up, and Entertainment Weekly gave this album an A, and I was so psyched about that. And then every other magazine just trounced it. Uh, Rolling Stone gave it two out of five stars. Chicago Tribune gave it two out of five stars. Los Angeles Times gave it two and a half out of five stars. And I was just like, what, you know, what the fuck? Well, what else was coming out in 1990? Grunge. No, I don't know. But uh, what song do you like? I like every song in this album. You Drive Austere is okay, but I, st- I give this album a 10 out of 10 because I think this is a great listen start to finish. I chose If You Need Me because Robin, when they played up in San Luis Obispo with the Robin Sander Band, what do you do? What sang do you do? this song. Yeah. Do you look at you? Oh, my God. Singing right t- to my face because I'm the only person who knew that song. song. And I was with you. No, you weren't. Oh, this was in San Luis Obispo. Oh, okay. This wasn't at the Canyon Club. This was at, no, it wasn't even that big. It was a bar. Wow. Yeah. It was. Did you get to talk to him after that show? I did. Yeah, you're awesome. That was the first time I talked to him like a normal human being. Yeah, I don't don't believe that happened. You think you were normal, but you were probably, you're a giddy girl. No, no, no. I I swear. I was giddy right now talking about this. (laughs) The songs are written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, and Mick Jones from from Florida. Mick Jones, you know him as the guitarist from Florida, from Foreigner. Oh my God, I can't talk to him. He might be a foreigner. He might be. Gotta get that wall up. Let's hear it, if you need me. Listen to it, man. I thought we were listening to the whole thing. So, um, yeah, Busted is a is a cool album. I give it a ten out of a ten, a ten out of a ten. And we're gonna move on now. What happens is after Busted, since it didn't really sell the way Lap of Luxury did, they get cut loose from Epic Records, the the label that they've been on since 1977. But they sign uh, a, a recording contract with Warner Brothers big label they go from epic to another big label so obviously you know these guys had faith that cheap trick could uh, still produce it's four years between albums and we get an album called woke up with a monster now the problem with this fucking bullshit is this is, is the, the cover this album cover is worse than the doctor <laughs> album you. cover thank you i was gonna say the it's, same thing it is horrible it's like i'm sorry it's an it's not an attractive hooker no and I fucking hate clowns. Waking well, up with a clown. They don't... And I, the, I understand what, what they're going with. I understand I, what they're going they're, with. Because they're each yes, waking woke up, up with them. Mon- they're each waking up with a monster. Yeah. But let's just go to the fact that a band that has one of the most iconic logos, in to me, in the history of rock and roll, Kiss, 
cheap trick. Van Halen, these bands have iconic logos and they use some shit font. It's awful. It's it, a it's a really bad font. Like it looks like it's uh, horrible. Yeah, it looks like a weird, like almost like Guns and Roses type. Yeah, something it, that would be like on a. It's not good. It is not good at all. Um, like a wasp type font. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Um, the song I'm going to play, I'm going to call an audible, Kyle, because the song I had picked was "Never Run Out of Love," but I've played that before. So I'm going to play a song that I have not played before. Uh, this is a song, I think this is a song that Rick had had since the um, one-on-one sessions. This is written by the entire band, Rick, Bunny, Robin, and Tom. And this song is called Girlfriends. This is Girlfriends on Rock Solid. Okay. Hmm. Is your... Uh There we go. There we go. Girlfriends is a great tune. This is produced by Ted Templeman, who produced uh, most notably all the classic Van Halen albums, and he also produced uh, Doobie Brothers. And I didn't know what to expect from uh, Ted Templeman. Uh, the production is it's good. It's not it's not as eighties as Lap of Luxury and Busted, um, but I like this album. I, I mean, th- that cover is severely disappointing, though. It, it, it could almost ruin your listening experience because what sucks is the, the photographs of the band inside the booklet and on the back are, are amazing. The band looks amazing. And then they put this shit on the cover. I mean, it would have it been cool if they were all, if they were in a giant bed with the clown, like, but the yeah. whole band was in one bed, you know, like Rick has like a sleeping cap yeah. with a brim on it. Even, and Bunny's like asleep in the corner, like yeah. holding yeah. a bear or even something if, like you can see if, the cover. Yeah. Even if she like was waking anything with like with, a, with the clown in between them and they're kind of like, <laughs> yeah. uh. even if she was waking up with a monster. Yeah. And then, but the, the song wake up with, uh, the, uh, with a monster is about, was, um, is about spousal abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a, it's a weird... Uh, and that's a good song. It's a great song. So what song do you have for us, Suzanne? I'm going to go with Tell Me Everything. I didn't realize that you oh. played Never Run Out of Love. What, Tell Me had? Everything. I love it. That might, be, that might be my favorite song on this album. I love this song. Yeah, I love this song too.
got to get to the chorus. I don't care how much we're playing. You got to indulge me, people, listeners, because I'm never going to do an all cheap trick show again. So, you know, we got to play. I know. I feel bad. I keep trying to tell them to bring it home, but I really don't want to. I know. It's funny because we could just listen to it uh, the whole time. Uh, I mean, the whole way through. This has 11 songs on it. Um, Ride the Pony isn't great, although I don't hate it. But I don't like uh, I don't like Cry Baby and I don't like Let Her Go and I don't really like Love Me for a Minute. So it's got... The songs that are good on this album are great, but then it's got a couple songs that are just okay. So I would give this, I give this about a seven. Did you say that uh, Michael McDonald co-wrote Tell Me Everything? Uh, I didn't know that until tonight. Oh, yeah. it says here right, right here. Yeah, I see it. I see that. But um, but yeah, this didn't do for Cheap Trick. Only what, a seven? Yeah, I only give it a seven. I mean, do you like Ride the Pony? Yeah. Do you like Let Her Go? Yes. You like Cry Baby? No. Love me for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not like. I mean, if I was listening, they're to not this, on my favorites if list. I was listen, but if but I'm if, listening, I, I'm not skipping past. If I was listening to this in the car, I would. I would listen to Ride the Pony, but I would skip Let Her Go. I would skip Cry Baby, and I would skip Love Me for a Minute. So I give it a seven. Okay. Uh, this did not do for Cheap Trick what they had hoped, and they were not. They did not record another album for Warner Brothers Records. So then it was three years. They're on an independent label now called Red Ant. I forget who else was on Red Ant at the time. I think, I think maybe Salt and Peppa were on <laughs> Red Ant. I'm serious. It was an independent label. And so they released Cheap Trick. People call it Cheap Trick 97 because it's a self-titled album. But this... I think this is an amazing album. This is one of the best. This is yeah. one of the best of the best. Great cover. Great, they, could, they couldn't get their cover. logo on there more times if nope. they tried. <laughs> no. And it's almost like an homage to the um, to the old covers. Mm -hmm. They have Rick and Bunny's instruments on the back, and they have Robin and Tom's instruments. I mean, Rick and Bunny's instruments on the front, Robin and Tom's instruments on the back that kind of... Reversed it. It's a black and white cover, like the first album was all black and white. Yeah, and this was a this album for me was a total surprise because it's a it's a classic. It's a ten out of ten. This goes back to old old school old, old school cheap trick. You, I mean, not a bad song on the album. I'm going to start with the lead off track, which is so fucking heavy after listening. Think of that doctor shit that we played. <laughs> and now listen to this song called Anytime. Here we go. Oh, 
See, this is one of those albums, back in 1997, you would play this for someone and say, do you know who this band is? And they'd go, no, I love it though. What is it? And you'd say, it's Cheap Trick. And they'd go, what? That's Cheap Trick? And again, that's perfect Robin Zander. He can sing that evil, screaming, shredding, and then sing the most gorgeous ballad you'll ever want to hear. And there's a couple on here, Shelter, and it all comes back to you. I mean, those songs will wreck you. That guy, uh, we had a caller uh, recently that said, play songs that will make you cry. Those songs will tear your ass fucking up. What's up? Shelter would be the one that I would skip because I, I know, but it's, it's, I, that to me is the one song that doesn't fit in because the album's so heavy and yeah. And this to me is more of an angry album. Such an, so what do you, what do you I stuck with the same vocal styling and anger with you let a lot of people down. This, I think they wrote this about their former man. I do too. Yeah. So we got this album, super psyched. Can't believe how great it is. It's on this new label, but I don't care because I'm able to buy it, so who cares? Three weeks after this album is released, Red Ant declares bankruptcy. And then the album just goes away. The band doesn't go away. They're touring. They play, they tour for, they, they just are, they just now, they're touring, touring, touring. They're playing a ton of these songs at the shows. This might have been the period where I saw them the most because uh, they don't release another album for six years. They go from 1997 to 2003, but they continue to play these songs. Sometimes when a new album comes out this late in the game, they'll play the songs and then they revert right back into their greatest hit set list. But Cheap Trick continued to play these songs because I really think they believed in those songs. And um, I think this is where everything turned back to... Like from here on out yeah. is where it goes back to old cheap trick. I, I think you're right. You're 100% right. And um, then we got to wait six years and that was tough. That's a tough wait for the next album. And, um, and that was like the longest to date, right? The longest to date until what we've waited right, right, now. Right, yeah. But yeah, that but, was the longest to date between. Now, I'm pretty sure cheap trick, if we if we look at the discography, they gave us something every year, a Christmas song or oh, something was on a soundtrack. So something was always happening, but album-wise, it was six years. And this album comes out, it's called Special One. I love this album cover. It's got the font. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's, got, it's like an old throwback album cover. It's got, this, it's got the songs listed on the front of the album. Yeah, it's a really cool um, it's a album. Cool it has album. some Japanese writing down yep. there once, you know. For no reason, who cares? We love it. 
Uh, it's uh, it's on a label called Big Three, which is another independent label. But um, uh, I'm going to play, uh, I, I don't know why I've been playing a lot of the opening tracks because I think they really do those well. But this song was the first single, and this song is called Scent of a Woman. This album's got great songs, though. It's got My Obsession. It's got Words. It's got Too Much. I love this album. I like it a lot. Oh, this this is definitely a Tate. A what? A Tate? A Tate. It's not a Tate for me, and I'll tell you why, because the last two songs aren't ah. great for me. Um, Low, Low Life and High Heels and Hummer. They're almost the same, same song, song, and, um, and they're just okay. I think that's okay. why I don't mind Low Life and high, high Heels, but I don't like Hummer. But you know what I mean? It maybe it just depends which one came for it because I right. feel like it's it's just a, it's just a repeat. But um, but everything else, it, there, this is this is an album that you really listen to and gets better every time you listen to it. Because coming off of Cheap Trick '97, I didn't I didn't love this immediately the way I love that one. This was more of a okay, I gotta I gotta listen to it, I gotta let it sink in, I gotta you know live with this for a while. But it's uh, it's a pretty cool album. So what song did you pick? I um, picked Words. That's a great tune. So what do you give this album out of 10? You're tating it? I, I tate this one. I, I don't have a problem with those last two songs. All right. All right. So uh, three years later, we get an album with the fucking coolest cover. Yeah, this cover is they, the best. This album cover gets in the ring with the doctor and woke up with a monster and it fucking kicks its fucking ass. What are these things called, Kyle? The, what is this style of drawing? Are these? Um, do you know? You're a kid. I'm, I'm looking it up. It was kind of like child. It kind of looked looked like a, almost like a flash cartoon. Yeah, um, it's kind of what the they look like. Um, but yeah, it's so great. You have to see it. I can't even describe it. The album's called Rockford because that's where the band started. Uh, they're on Big Three Records still, so that that uh, company did not go bankrupt. 
This is 12 songs, and I love every song in this album. This, I do too. This is a 10. This is a solid pop rock album. Every song is fun. It was released on June 6th, 2006. And you know what? I, that was a Tuesday because albums came out on a Tuesday. And two things happened to me on yep. June 6th, 2006. I went to see, I bought this album, and I also went to see the remake of The Omen. And one of those things was great. And one of them <laughs> sucked. <laughs> sucked bad. But um, yeah, I, any song can be played from this. I think the song I'm going to play, I have played before, but I don't care. Uh, it's, uh, it's Give It Away. Play Give It Away. This was a Cheap Trick album that I, I bought and gave to people a lot because I wanted people to hear this music. I wanted people to know how good Cheap Trick was in 2006. And I was like, I don't know if you're a Cheap Trick fan, but I think you'll like this album. If you like pop rock music, you will really like this album. Every song in the album is written by Nielsen, Xander, Peterson, and Car Carlos. Uh, there's like four songs that have an additional fifth writer. Uh, Linda Perry from Four Non Blondes co-wrote Perfect Stranger, which was the first single, and she also produced that track. And um, yeah, I love this album. It's so good. I played the fuck out of this album. Yeah, I think when this came out, I played it for a month straight with nothing. Straight, I never listened else. to anything else. Nothing else was in the car. I didn't bring anything. Else. This was it. This was also, the when this album came out, <laughs> this was one where I went to go see them in Indio. Ah. At the county fair you took peyote. and i was so disappointed I, like things like that what happened like, i Why get were you so excited that i'm gonna see them play yeah and i get that they get a lot of money to play places like that yeah. but then as i'm standing at the fair i'm just it just breaks my heart because you're so far oh because they're in a fair you, oh they're at the fair i see what you mean <laughs> you know? we've been lucky though out here in southern california they come to some small venues they pack yeah. them but we've seen, like we said, Canyon Club, House of Blues, Roxy. Yeah, uh, I think this was one where it just, that was the only day that I could go. Uh -huh. So I had to drive and you couldn't come to that one. And yeah. It was still a great show. It's, it's, yeah. So what, I, what song do you got for us? I, I did pick Perfect Stranger, actually. Oh, good. I love this, this song. This is a great song. Time 
so good. Have we come to have we come to the album or the song that you don't like? You said there was one song you don't like. There's a couple. But you you specifically said there was like one I, song. I don't you like, like I don't like Take Me I'm Yours. Which was I, I don't even on know. The what EP. That's off. It's on the EP. It's on the EP. I don't like that Take song. Take me. I love that yeah. song. Yeah, I know you do. You I, like I you, had nothing from you, that song. You like Manulipulator better than Take Me I'm Yours. I can listen to that. I, I know. I don't. Be, I know. I know. I don't. I can't explain it. Manipulator, try to operate on you. <laughs> Sticky situation. I'd love to fall into. That, oh, that's like a kiss lyric. That is. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It might be a little better than kiss. Yeah. Lyric. If it said co-written by Gene Simmons, I would go. All right. All right. So I'm sorry. Cheap trick at this point are on a three-year cycle. Uh, 2003, 2006. And now 2009, we get an album called The Latest. And I get the joke. Hey, here's The Latest by Cheap Trick. But for me, this album, it's kind of, it's a little, it's, all, it's, a, it's a little bit of a mess. First of all, the cover is Rick Nielsen buried in the sand up to his chest. And the other three guys have, uh, what do you call those? Metal detectors. Metal detectors. So now, if, it, if this album was called The Latest Find by yeah. Cheap Trick, but it doesn't, the album... It's a cool cover, and that, it's almost the, a cooler back cover, yes. but it doesn't go with the title. The, the title doesn't go with the image. It's mm-hmm. just... And it's, the latest font looks like the Beatles font, yeah, which and is the, kind of... Cheap Trick, they're using the font. It's in, I don't know. It's just... I like, the, I like that it's all in black and white, and the Cheap Trick font's in red. I do like that. Yeah. It's just... But, uh, it's not... It's not it doesn't work. The cover and the title don't work together. Yeah. Even, even the title of woke up with a monster with what they did works better, better than, than yeah. this does. The doctor um, at least has a doctor. On yeah. It. But this doesn't work for me. And then this album opens with a song that I think should close an album. It's just a slow dirge. An and album. Here you go. This is the one. What? This song that you're talking about. Sleep forever. I think this is a beautiful thing for him to have done for his friend. Yeah. It, it was has for a no youth, place on this has album. Has no place on this album. And it's, and not as the opening track. Nor did it need to be sung live. No. And they did that. I know. It it's yeah. No. No. <laughs> um and this song has a couple songs on here that are rehashes like there's a song they do it they do a song called miss tomorrow which was on robin's solo album so i don't need it's great on his solo album i don't need to hear a cheap trick version of it the album's got 13 songs on it so it's take sleep forever away and take smile or rehash or no what's the what's the pepsi one oh the the pepsi commercial is uh every day you make me crazy yeah type in there and see just type in pepsi and see if we have the pepsi cheap trick jingle in this computer or not okay i'm sure i can find it online you probably we might if, if we it's not worth looking for if it's not in this computer uh, i don't think so no I it's can not find it pretty, pretty easily so yeah they rehash a pepsi jingle they wrote and they make it a song called um yeah here's here's uh every day okay let's hear the pepsi jingle
So here, give me the thing and let me play You Make Me Crazy. It is a good song, though. Well, you're oh, still, playing still playing it. Now, the problem with You Make Me Crazy, though, is be- and this makes me crazy, is because uh, when I hear the song, I think of the Pepsi jingle, and so yeah. I can't... I can't like the song. Here we go. This would have been a fun, like, B-side. Yeah. That's a Pepsi now, commercial. You've essentially just ruined that song for me, though, because I don't recall <laughs> the Pepsi commercial. Okay, so... And you, now that's all I'm going to do. That'd be like um, if John Waite re-recorded Life's a Pepper. <laughs> yeah, because we have the, we do have the Dr. Pepper ad by uh, the babies. So anyway, this album, this... this I, you know, I, I, it's Cheap Trick, so I want to love it. And then I just, I just couldn't because it just felt... It felt cobbled together. I didn't feel like this had a, the way Rockford is really a cohesive album, you know, start to finish. And then this comes out and it's just, it was disappointing. And, um, but I do like, you know, I do like some of the songs. Let's hear, uh, this is the song they played on the Tonight Show. And this is, uh, this song rocks, two minutes and eight seconds, uh, Sick Man of Europe. And I think the song California Girl on here is a rehash of a song they did called Bad Little Girl. It's just, it's not a great album. Suzanne, what do you think? It took me, uh, it took me a while to warm up to this one. I, I had to listen to it a few times before I started because it did seem like nothing went together. Yeah. But that said, I do really like it and I can listen to it. You know, it's not something that I leave on the shelf. Yeah, I hardly ever play it. I just, I don't know. I just hardly ever play it. The one song I didn't pick, but I love on this album is When the Lights Are Out. But that's a Slade cover. It is a Slade cover, and that's why that's not my song. Yeah. But I love Slade, and I think that they... <laughs> Out you know Slade I mean? and Slade? Not even, but I, I just, it kills me that the only Slade songs that have ever been played in this country, pretty much, are covers. Are covers yeah. And people don't even know that they're theirs. Yeah. You know? So what song did you pick? I picked Miracle, and I want to play it at 115. If you ever had any question about their influences. Yeah.
open up the door. This and this right. That this, is mind games. It's funny to me because the, it is mind games. You're right. It's funny to me because this album got good reviews. All Music gave it three and a half out of five stars. The AV Club gave it a B plus. Chicago Tribune gave it three out of four. I mean, that got good reviews, but as a cheap trick fan, it just doesn't doesn't connect with me. This album. This is cobbled together a bunch of songs. They just felt like we got to put an album out, so they did. And then this is the last album that, that came yeah, out. It's, it was almost, almost like they had like maybe six songs and they were like, okay, we'll do this Slade cover. Yeah. That's we'll seven. Tomorrow. We'll throw in, yeah. 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 Like, uh, can you write some lyrics to this Pepsi jingle? Pepsi jingle? I would have rather than, I would have rather than waited, um, another year mm-hmm. and, and really worked out some stuff and got a nice album going instead of, why didn't they, but call if the, they waited another year, there wouldn't have been another album. Or what didn't in the Pepsi thing? What didn't they say? It's the latest. <laughs> like, <laughs> just just go all out with it. Um, did uh, I don't think I put uh, the last song that I play is. Um, yeah, it's in here. It, it, uh, let me see it. I don't think it is in there. Is it the new one? Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so Cheap Trick is still our favorite band. Forever. We will go see them. Hopefully we'll see this uh, Cheap Trick tour in the summer where they're opening for Joan Jett, which is a travesty. It should be Joan Jett, Cheap Trick, and then Hart. I know you yeah. think Cheap Trick should close. Yes. Hart's got the bigger hits and the bigger No, do you, think, do you think Joan Jett will, uh, or do you think Joan Jett will come out, play something with Cheap Trick, and then she might play something with Hart? Maybe, maybe, that might maybe happen. Maybe Cheap Trick will come back out and they might play yeah, some stuff. I think, yes, I do think that's going to happen. I do think that Cheap Trick, they'll come they out. They should even mix it up every night if they're going to do yeah. something like that. I you think know, you're flip-flop, right. even just Joan Jett and Cheap Trick every, yeah. every night. I do hate when they open for bands. and then I saw them open for uh, Aerosmith. That's the only time I saw them, but they were great. They that's were because all, I think Joe were, Perry's favorite band is Cheap Trick. They always are, and I'll still go see yeah. them when they're mm-hmm. opening for other yeah. bands. And I've but, seen Cheap Trick open for uh, Alice Cooper at the, at the Greek Theater. It was the first time it was the first time Cheap Trick ever played the Greek Theater. Wow. They said it from stage. And I was like, that's unbelievable. Because that was just a few years ago. It was before we saw that Dream Police show there. But um, so this, now this has been the longest time between studio albums. They did release a Sgt. Pepper Live album. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a studio album. But it's been, uh, yeah, it's been since June of 2009. And they're finally getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they're finally After getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. being eligible for how long? Since like nine, since what, two, what's it, 25 years? Yeah. After it's, 77? Yeah, so. it's ridiculous. 2002? Um, now the new album is called Bang Zoom Crazy Hello. Such a clunker. Why would you Such do a, that? What's that album going to be? Why would you A clown in a doctor with a bad font? Yeah, bang, zoom, crazy, hello. What if it looks like a comic book cover? I don't Okay, think, uh, maybe. No. What if it's to the moon, Alice? <laughs> They're dressed up as the honeymooners. Um, so I, we have no idea. At this point, this album comes out, I think it comes out April... First. First? I think it's all a joke. It's April 1st. I think you're rubbing the cord against the table oh, or something. Oh, sorry about that. It comes out April 1st. It's called Bang, Zoom, Crazy, Hello. We haven't seen a cover yet. We haven't seen a song list yet. The only thing I do know is that it's on Big Machine Records, and that's Taylor Swift's label. 
That's the label Taylor Swift is on. Um, they're based out of Nashville, so I think that's a good thing for them. I think they're on the. I think they're on a label that's going to well, that, work. The that album. label's not going to go bankrupt. No, it's not. <laughs> and they're going to work. They're going to work that album. I think um, we do have. Uh, we do have one song that's been released on iTunes, and we're going to play out with that. Um, this is the first album without Bunny. Bunny Carlos is not drumming on this but, album. But he is going to be at the... He's not like pulling a Peter Cetera, right? He is going to go to the... Yeah, he's going to be at the Rock and Roll, and Roll, Roll Hall of Fame. Again, we're recording this prior to the Rock and Roll oh, Hall of okay. Fame. So. But um, no, he's going to be there. And um, I'm okay with Dax drumming because I think Dax is younger and I think the drummer is the first guy to go. I think they, I just think they can't keep up. It's hard. I know, but... We saw Bunny. He also seems like a curmudgeon. He is. He's a cranky old dude. <laughs> no, you say that, but they made him out to be that person. Because he, he looks miserable. Yeah, to be goodness, he, they dressed him as like a social studies teacher. <laughs> I mean, miserable. he he's always had that look. Maybe they, that doesn't mean anything. They made him late for class. I still love Bunny. You do. I know you do. Brad Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> so Suzanne... I hope you had fun doing this. I had a great time. Thank I feel you like I so talked a much lot. for letting me do this. I Welcome feel like to I Cheap did. Trick School. Yeah, with 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 social studies <laughs> teacher <laughs> Bunny Carlos. <laughs> Suzanne, you got a B plus in Cheap Trick School. Thank you. <laughs> I tried. How? What is the show at? How long did we go? Two hours and fifteen minutes. Wow, God, one, I'm one, so one sorry. You didn't do it. I was doing all the talking. I was just giving all the history of the band and stuff that we knew, and and so I think um, I think a lot of people that listen to this show that have shit on cheap trick. And then every time you play something, they're like, Oh, I do like that song. Yeah. I think they're going to find a lot of, a lot of different gems. stuff. Even, in if, even if they just, you know, find one or two, I think they're going to find a lot of, I hope so. Or there'll be the guy who'd be like, I'm not even listening to this bullshit. Yeah, well, maybe okay. they should listen to it. Yeah. We but, can't um, do anything. uh, again, uh, go to uh, rocksolidpodcast.com uh, to read Andrew Rich's great show notes. Also, that's where you can do a reoccurring don recurring donation or just go to Amazon through our site and we'll get a little kickback. Um, also, uh, Kyle at Rock Solid. Uh, we're at Rock Solid Show. Kyle's at Kyle Dotson Funny. Mm -hmm. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Um, uh, give us a call. We'll play your we'll play a message. 330-81-ROCKS. Going to try to get more good guests in here um, mm -hmm. this year. And uh, we're going to try to work with the show a little bit more this year and try to make it... Uh, Get more listeners and then uh, just keep it going because we have a lot of fun here. And thank you, Suzanne, for coming and doing this. Thank you yeah. so much for letting me letting me be a part of it. You are welcome. Uh, bang zoom, crazy hello. <laughs> um, so Kyle, uh, what like is something Adam Sandler character would say? <laughs> Comes in all bang zoom, crazy hello. I know. I don't know what they're thinking. Are we still recording? Yes. Yes. What's this song called? The uh, first single that we're going to hear. No Direction Home. I have only listened to like a little bit of this song, so I'm going to enjoy it with everyone else. And, um, and let's see what happens. This is New Cheap Trick for 2016. Let's see if these guys are going to kick the latest uh, to the curb. Dax. Dax. 